Andrew. And I'm Kim. How has your week or so been? Uh, it's been a crazy one. Lots of uh, lots of running around and driving and traveling interstate and oh yeah so yeah work stuff or personal um more on personal side but gotcha makes uh makes the week go by just insanely quick and you know <laughs> you never have time for anything else when stuff like that happens so it's true yeah and then even when you're at work you're thinking about all of the things that you need to do to get packed and get ready and make sure you don't forget whatever yeah. I'm really bad at that, though, because if it's only like a day or two, like I don't really pack. I just come home. I look at my closet and I was like, all right, that looks good. That looks good. All right. I'll throw that in a bag. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, I need my <laughs> cell phone charger. Grab that. I, I, mm, I maybe could have done that once upon a time. But then once you have children, like <laughs> everything ratchets up as far as like even just like leaving the house when you have a, a small one, like. The amount of baggage that you have to take with you just is exponential. And I so, mean, yeah. They don't even need to be presentable, though. You can just give them, like, a Halloween costume, and that would be considered <laughs> normal. Even though, like, it's after Halloween now. Well, but yes, but yeah. depending on how young they are, you might have to worry about diapers and formula and all that oh, jazz, too. Yeah, fair so. point, fair point. But, but yeah, then there's, you know, making sure they have toothpaste because... Even the seven-year-old doesn't remember to take the toothpaste when he has his toothbrush. Like, whatever. How was your week? It was good. Like I've said in previous episodes, we had a new version of our product release. And so, consequently, we have some people out in the field who aren't, like, beta testers, but they're just really good users of the software. And so, I've had a few of them be like, okay, so we installed this in our test, and so now... As we're using it, we're finding XYZ. It's leading me to have to do some internal testing to make sure that it's replicatable and we can, you know, then send it to uh, development and be like, hey, there's this one really weird situation where if this button is pushed and this particular information is put in this field and then this information is put in this other field, then it does this weird thing that nobody's ever seen before, you know, just... <laughs> One of those things that there's no way you could have gotten going through QA because it just it's so very specific. And probably there's five companies in the world that could potentially end up with this being a thing. But you got to fix it if it's a, a found bug, you know, that kind of thing. So sure. so like the whole like getting information on testing and like trying to figure out how that's all going to play together and and just submitting the steps and all that it's making work more busy but it's also more interesting in some ways because i'm getting it changes things up yeah it's not just yeah. like so and so asking how do i do this for the millionth time it's more yeah different stuff so and some of it's more in depth too because um with upgrades then you have to deal a lot more with uh, the technical side of it and dealing with the servers and the other pieces that people have to use and so there's a lot more of like oh yeah with windows 2016 server you have to do x because it's windows <laughs> just just because seriously well yeah i i've never really had much experience in that kind of qa part of things before yeah i don't think i could do it full time there's just so many like you have to record what you're doing like you can poke around at stuff all day, but you have to make sure you actually record what you've done so that you can replicate it. Oh, so much work. 
It sounds like documentation, which I have done, and ugh, I hate that. I don't mind like small little documents where it's just like, okay, this is how you send an email through this particular software, and then it'll, you know, like go to here, set up X yeah. box, you know, put in certain information here, and then click this button and you will send an email. You know, that kind of thing. I don't mind. But when it gets to like the hundreds of pages long, I just, uh, my eyes glaze over. I can't even read it. I don't know how I'd write it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do not pity you. <laughs> well, may, maybe uh, I would be like, I'd be envious to, to get my feet wet with it. But like you said, definitely not full time. No, no, I don't. I like the the mix of what I'm doing right now. It's a good, yeah. and plus I like talking to people. And if you're a QA person, most of the time you're just like stuck in your own little world, recording all of the things you do. So, anyway, you have some news for me. Well, I got some news that's kind of gonna segue us nicely into our uh, topic for today. Yeah. So a lot lately in the news. By the time this comes out, I don't know if it'll be announced yet. But uh, Tesla is about to announce their pickup truck. Mm. And they haven't, like, actually given any, like, physical release pictures of it that are official from the company. Interesting. But Elon's been able to, like, he said things that kind of give enough of an idea of what it might look like. Sure. So, like, every artist out there in the internet and every, like, tech company is, like, making up their own renderings. Oh, jeez. The, the most recent one, and this one seems to be the one that a lot of people are considering is going to be um, what it looks like. This is going to make for horrible radio, I just realized. But <laughs> I want you to take a look at this. <laughs> yes, audience, sit back while... <laughs> I'll make sure I throw it in the show yes. notes. Oh, so it looks like one of those semis where the cab is way far forward. Yeah. And it has and a much longer box than I would anticipate. The reason I think I I am thinking this is going to look a lot like it is because it looks a lot like their the Tesla semi that they've shown before. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe that's what Which, I'm thinking of. Yeah. And also like the thing that like he keeps saying Elon is that it it's going to be like a, a futuristic, like, troop carrier vibe to it. A and futuristic I just, troop carrier. I, I don't know if I'm on board with, like, I'm all on board with pushing limits. And, like, I always love concept vehicles that you see in, like, auto shows. Oh, yeah, the ones that you look at yeah. and go, there's no way anybody would actually buy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but they look cool. Yeah. But I, I want Tesla to have a pickup truck. But I don't know if they're going to shoot themselves in the foot by being bizarre, you know? Right. Like, you already like are going to be facing down the fact that a lot of people who need pickup trucks are automatically going to just assume that it's not going to work for them. Yeah. Because they need something that's going to have the power and the capability to get them through, you know, the mud and the muck and the whatever else they need. And, yeah, I don't. Yeah, like I, I've always, I thought there would just be basically like a, um, I don't know, like a Ford F one fifty concept where it just looks basically the same, mm -hmm. you know. Well, but, and I think it's interesting. I'm assuming this is to give it a wider stance 
they have the wheels they're like outside of what i would consider the the frame of the body at least maybe it's not the frame but yeah like the body is probably a good six Kinda inches in. yeah but Narrow? like i said this isn't this isn't like an official like you know released by the company this is just an artist rendering from what but, we've been explained yeah but every single artist rendering has been something crazy so well i'm really interested it's, it's been fun to watch as like a, a little every every week there's some new company yeah well and like i'm looking at the tesla semis and they have that exact same narrower cabin space compared to the Mm-hmm. And that's really out there already. So I could see them, you know, kind of modeling after their own stuff. Interesting. Like, I mean, if I had the money and the need for an electric truck, I, I'd buy it. I think it looks cool if this was the final design. Well. I just worry that there's not a lot of Andrews out there, you know? Well. <laughs> that are like, well, that looks cool. I'm going to get something futuristic. And I have a feeling that, like, a lot of the people who would be interested in a electric truck are not going to have the money. <laughs> like, no. I know my, well, and, most and of the people... Even if they do, like, I mean, if you're like a ranch farmer down in Texas, it, it, you, there's a lot of... It makes sense to it in a lot of ways, but I don't know if you're going to want to drive this around when all of your, you know, friends and other coworkers are driving, you know, big, beefy, you know, super cabs. And, yeah, and I don't know... I don't know. It just it's very odd. Yeah. But we'll see so, what actually happens. But yeah, the 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 news basically is I'm excited to see if Tesla's gonna go more conservative or if they're gonna try and be a innovator again. Yeah. And push design of cars into the next what whatever. most people think of when they think of futuristic. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll see what ends up happening and if yeah. they are able to sell because like I live in a small town in the middle of Nebraska. Well, and they, um, I definitely know that like a lot of the guys around here, you have to drive, you know, 50 miles out to a field and then they're going to expect to be able to drive here, there and everywhere. And we're not going to have charging stations for these things. Like, yeah. I wonder too, if with a, uh, with a truck, I would imagine you would be able to carry a larger battery. So I wonder if, well, that could be, you would get a larger range and of like with the semi, you know, uh, huh. Well, yeah, that dovetails nicely because we're talking about how in the world these crazy <laughs> contraptions work to begin with. <laughs> and disclaimer, Kim and I are not auto. Um, I, I don't even know the term for a... Uh, Autophiles? Autophiles, whatever. Uh, uh, monkey or gear monkey or whatever. Yeah, so... Um, oh, man, that was painful. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know cars. Basically, like, yeah. uh, I know enough to, like, I can lift up the hood and go, okay, that's my motor, that's my alternator, uh, that's the thing that died on me 18 times, and I, or whatever, mm. you know, like, I can kind of point out the, the major pieces, but as far as, like, the, the tweaks and things that people do to make them better, like, I have no idea. I, it, no. So, so when it comes to electric cars... The the general concept, obviously, is still the same. You still have a machine that has wheels that takes you from point A to point B. 
basic concept. Yes. <laughs> Four wheels or less or more. <laughs> I'm on it so far. <laughs> um. So, you know, we've had technically batteries in cars for I don't know how long. I assume since the beginning of cars, but maybe that's yeah. been a, a more recent addition. But the, all the batteries in cars were basically used for was running like lights and um, dashboardy stuff and, and th- starter. Yes, I was going to say, I know within like, you know, the later half of the 1900s, they switched to the starter to make it so it was easier to crank your car over. Yeah, so that you didn't have to like literally get out and crank the front of your car with those big old handles. <laughs> and so that's basically all the battery was used for. And of course, battery technology technology in general has advanced a lot since the very first cars were ever made. And the concept of this electric vehicle, it's actually been around since, well, the reason Tesla is uh, named Tesla is after Nikolai Tesla, who was an inventor back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And um, he had an idea for how to make it work, but the technology was not there. Like they didn't have um, the lithium lithium ion batteries, which is what your phone runs on. You know, that's what we have in all of our devices is these lithium ion batteries now, if they're rechargeable at least. Um, and so once that technology got to a certain point they were able to innovate that it, it it got to a point where a, just slight innovation made it so that they could make cars full cars that ran on them and so what the what what the big difference is with an electric car is that you're not burning of course fossil fuels directly to power a motor yes you're using electricity just straight from a battery um i I don't know. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're powering usually four motors. So one on each wheel? Um, not... Well, okay, so the problem is that there's a whole bunch of ways you can do this. Um, the Tesla, that was the one I mostly researched because mm-hmm. they're the big name right now, you know. Um, they actually just have one electric motor. Ah, Okay. Um, and then maybe they have some kind of conduit per wheel that I'm not familiar with, but just the very basics of how it works. There are four pieces that they have to have. There's the electric storage system, or sorry, the energy storage system, which are the batteries there. But the thing are those, you said those are just like what we have in our phones, but just a lot more. Yes. Basically cells. Yeah. Um, So sometimes if you get a laptop, you'll see it might have six cells versus nine cells of this. And that's just Mm -hmm. more space to store more energy. Uh, So with a car, the idea is that you need thousands of individual cells. And they keep them individual so that if one one (laughs) cell fails, the car can still continue functioning. so if you had it all together in one block, there's I don't fully understand the science behind it, but it basically just doesn't work as well. And I know I've heard um, I know for a fact that with like computers and phones or just any lithium battery, I think, especially computers, laptops, 
they actually you you have a larger battery than you have access to. Oh yeah. And as cells die, they have it programmed in the software where it'll start taking advantage of unused areas basically. Interesting. Yeah, so you you get a little more life out of your battery by just disguising the fact that it's kind of just living. Hmm. And dying. I guess I hadn't heard that, but um when it comes to a car battery, they literally have thousands of individual cells per car. So, for instance, the the Roadster, which was the first Tesla to really be a thing, it had 6,400 and some individual cells. And that's wow. what most of the weight, I mean, other than the body and the, you know, rest of the things in your Tesla, um, that's what most of the weight of the car is. It's a thousand pounds of battery, <laughs> which is mind boggling to me. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that. There's no wonder that they have that solo on the car. Then usually, the solo, solo. Oh yeah, like it, it's yeah, to it's keep... mounted like way on the bottom side and right. And they keep it. Um, usually it's either like under the passenger compartment or like kind of in the trunk space, but like in that space between the seat and the trunk kind of area. And yeah, it's it's really interesting how well. I guess batteries have been put in weird places in cars for a while. My um my husband's grandparents had a car where the battery was actually in the back seat. You had to flip the seat up in order to get to the battery. Yeah. Yep. I ran across one of those and I was trying to help someone on the side of the road to jump. <laughs> and that's just one of those like I don't know what that person was thinking, but they need to be like shot for their terrible design. Regardless. Um I don't know if you can jump an electric car. I didn't even think about that. I suppose you just plug it in. You can't really jump it. It's just like you have to have a battery pack. Yeah, I suppose it's like uh, like your cell phone dies, so you... Like you have an external battery out. pack just to get it to a charge station? That'd be a big external battery pack. Well, anyway. Uh, so that's like basic one is you have to have this energy storage system. Basic two is the Power Electronics Module, or the PEM. And this is how you charge the batteries. Because, you know, in a current gasoline car, you have to have somewhere to put the gas. And then you have to wait, you have to have a way to make that gas be able to get up to the engine and get into wherever it needs to, to, you know, explode and make the pistons go. Um, so for an electric car... You have some form of a plug-in that is available to you. Um, it, it's They all look weird because, you know, they're still figuring out how to do the, the charge cord thing. Because if you remember back in the day when um, phones were first starting and you had literally with every like, new phone, you had a different charger. Oh, Samsung had their own. That was That was one of the biggest fears I had with electric cars, actually. Mm-hmm was that every single car manufacturer was going to have their own plug. And then you would go to a gas station and you would only have some, you know, charging stations that were right. Honda, some that were Tesla. I think that's a really good question. I did not look this up. Um, I know that Tesla has their own, like, 
charging, like supercharger stations. But when I've seen things in the wild, they haven't necessarily said that they were Tesla. Oh, here we go. Do all electric cars, dot, dot, dot. Use the same charging plug is the first thing that comes up in Google. Okay, so it kind of depends. Um, okay. The thing is that there's three different ways that you can charge your car. The first one is to st plug it into a standard outlet, which seems bananas that this is even a thing. But you can literally have an adapter to plug it into a 110-volt outlet, and it'll take a while because it's only so much. But once you have it plugged in for so long, it will charge overnight. And depending on your car and, you know, whatever else, it um, that's the longest. Like, pretty much that's you're expecting to charge it overnight. Like, you're going to go home and just okay. put it in your garage. The second level is the 240 volts. Um, so that would be most... I've seen Tesla, but there's also, like, the Volt has their own... It's some form of charging station that is at your house. And you have to have it, like, installed specially into your home. So you have to, like, get electricians involved and yada, yada, yada. But that goes faster because it's a higher ampage and so it will be able to you know charge your you have more juice going in at a time so it's going to go faster yeah and then there's also level three charging well that's one that i've heard of so it's fast charging it's like supercharging super yeah um i think tesla calls it supercharging and others call it fast charging uh but every plug-in car uses the same j dash one seven seven two socket except for tesla because tesla uh <laughs> I, I have a feeling it might end up being like a apple versus everybody else situation it might be tesla oh. versus everybody else but they do have um adapters for tesla because right now the biggest fear is exactly what you were saying that you're going to get to somewhere and you're not going to have be able to charge it because only the Nissan Leaf charges at the state or whatever. So I don't know if they will eventually all consolidate into the same socket or if they'll just be able to modify depending on what kind. But we'll see. So this all goes together with that PEM system. It converts the power that you're getting from DC to AC, I think. And then... Um, it will control what voltage levels are being used and how that all works together. And then every decent electric car, which I think that's basically the market right now, when you brake, you're basically losing energy because you're slowing, you're using energy to slow down your car. And so you're, all of that forward momentum that you were building up is gone. Like you just don't have that anymore. And so the electric cars have something called a regenerative braking system. And okay. they're able to translate the power that is being generated, basically, by the braking and put it back into the battery. Which sounds bananas to me. But without that, it, your battery would... It would take much longer to get... Um, or your battery would not last as long. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of how hybrids work, too, I know. Because you got the, the gas power motor that when that's running, it's actually charging some of the 
the electric motor or the the battery. Right. And then when the car is in a position where it's not needing, you know, fuel, it'll switch to the electric motor. Right. So it doesn't have that because there's no um, gas motor to run on, but it does use the braking to generate some at least. Um, which, you know, as much as you can put back into the battery, the better it'll, it'll, the longer it'll last. So, so yeah, all so, of that is run through this power electronics module. I know the big thing people hype up about electric cars and one of the big advantages of them is that I always hear this word, uh, instant torque. Oh yes. Um, so the thing with any kind of locomotion is that you essentially have to build up enough power in whatever you're working on to make it go forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, with a gasoline engine that's getting enough gas into the system to make the pistons go fast enough to be able to get the wheels turning fast enough to go forward. So in the electric portion, you don't have to worry about that because the electricity is there. Um, so there's nothing to fire and start up and it's just available to it. So instead it can automatically flip on all the torque (laughs) at once which is so when you sit in an electric car you don't um it can go zero to 60 very very quickly and that's one of the things with uh all of the people i've ever heard of testing a tesla that was the one comment that was repeated over and over it was like it will put you back in your seat it will actually put g-forces on you I, I rode in one when I visited a friend, and um, man, I I was not ex- I was scared. <laughs> yeah, because it's and it's quiet. You're used to yeah. having the roar of the engine. You're used to hearing the glass pack on your <laughs> um your your exhaust pipe to make the noises. It's, you know, it, and it's like um we kind of got introduced to that a little bit with these hybrids that came out before these uh, electric mm-hmm. cars got popular because you would be sitting at like a a stoplight and then all of a sudden you would hear what it sounds like the truck next to you turning on but that was just them hitting the accelerator and the car switches from electric standby to gas yeah exactly and that doesn't happen because <laughs> there's yeah, nothing yeah it's just always on electric <laughs> so it's just always silent and uh, slight off tangent so they're talking about putting custom sounds in because there are some yes. areas of the country that part of the problem with electric cars is that they're so quiet you can't hear them coming and so especially when you're considering like blind pedestrians or you know even just normal pedestrians who are just listening for things around them um they're trying to make electric cars have some form of noise so you're aware that they're coming. <laughs> and Tesla recently was releasing um, custom ones. Like, you can't put in whatever, but they have um, built-in ones, including Monty Python coconuts, which... <laughs> I, of course they would. I, if I get a Tesla, that's 100% the sound that my yeah. car is going to make. <laughs> Maybe for a little bit. <laughs> I but that's nothing actually new though, because if you um I know I, I've seen some actual documentaries about this because I'm cool and watch these kind of things. Engineers at like Ford and Dodge, mm-hmm. like in these big muscle cars, 
they have acoustic engineers that tune the engine to make it sound a certain way. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so I mean, even our even the traditional car, the the cars that we're used to, really actually have a fake sound to it. If you to an extent take away all the different tuning and pipes, basically that they use. Right. Well, and my my dad used to talk about the difference between, um, and it was a joke at the time, but there really is a difference if you listen for motorcycles. Like, mm-hmm. you can 100% tell a Harley Davidson from a Yamaha, you know? Oh, yeah. But it just, you, you have to have an ear for it, of course. You have to have that experienced was, them all, but. That was actually one of the big things with um, Harley's electric motorcycle that's coming out. Oh, sure. Because they don't sound. Is that they, no, but they want, they're they're working, it's, it's. When you own a Harley, you expect to have a certain that sound product. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So that that's one of the big things they were working on was how do we create a a characteristic, uh, an attitude, sure that matches what we've had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's interesting that that's something they have to put that much thought into, but they've already done it. I mean. It's been a thing. It's just that now they have to shift it into a new generation. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but the third thing you need, um, once you have your energy storage system and your how to charge that storage system, is the motor itself. Um, so it's just an electric motor. And these have been in existence. Like, I Jonah has toys that have had like little electric motors on them like this is nothing new but the electric motor to put as much torque into it as uh it can to make the wheels go round it's i don't know how they do it and they're all very um hush hush because that's that's the lifeblood of your car like the energy storage system it's going to be the same it's going to essentially be the same kind of whatever and then you know the power electronics module it might be some different differentiation there but it's not as as big of a deal but the the motor piece is what they try to like clamp down on and keep that and the software the proprietary software that they use to put it all together but yeah it just and that is um where a lot of the we were talking last time about how they write continual log files and a lot of those log files are about how that electric motor is performing because that's the bread and butter of the car and that's how you uh differentiate yourself is to have the better motor that's able to utilize the energy as efficiently as possible to put out as much torque as possible to get you moving so what what kills me is Electric cars have become synonymous now with basically smart cars, where sure. your car has a bunch of new features like, you know, auto driving and a dashboard that's basically a computer, mm-hmm. which you can control the suspension with the push of a button and you know, all this fun stuff. Oh, yeah. But back in the back in um, uh, what was it? Uh, it was the late 90s, uh, 97. Uh, General Motors, they actually had an electric car. They just didn't that, have any of that. Well, I mean, back then they wouldn't have had any of that. It didn't exist, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the computer systems weren't around. Uh-huh. But they actually had a fully functioning in production model electric vehicle. 
but there's a big uh i know all this because i watched a documentary back in high school about this called who killed the electric car oh okay and so they had a, a very pretty well functioning electric car that they were actually selling and the oil industries and the auto oh, yeah. industries they put the basically on. killed it mm-hmm. yeah on purpose so i wonder where we would be if we would have had a you know, mm. maybe they started out dumb, but the technology would have just kept pro- progressing. progressing further and further. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Because, yeah, I, I, part of the issue had been waiting to get that battery technology up as far as yeah. it has. And I wonder if battery technology would have either progressed faster or if that would have just been like your, you know, 40 mile yeah. trip around the city, whatever kind of. And I know I know that's one thing that we're actually having a hard time with is that we're like at the edge of actual physical laws with batteries yes with the current technology we have so there's a big rush right now in r&d to figure out a new battery yeah and it'll be interesting to see how those smart smart people are able to to figure out the next wave of batteries and i mean like we said in this episode uh, the the range and the stuff that the the batteries power they're probably the most important part of an electric car, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know personally I would love to get an electric car, but I commute 40 miles one direction. Yeah. And a lot of the electric cars, like, they'll have a top of maybe 150 miles, 250 miles, and that's in, like, super premium ultra-right conditions, not, you know, Midwest snow. Exactly. And <laughs> when you consider all of the different things that could affect it, like, I don't trust that I'm going to be able to go 80 miles every day yeah, with a full charge or that I'm going to be able to get a full charge because the power went out or whatever. You know, like all of those things that I have to worry about because I'm in rural small town Nebraska and my commute is so long that it just is not feasible to me. I really would love to be in a city that A, had enough electric charge things for this to be feasible, and B, it was actually just friendly so, to electric vehicles, I guess, in general. Yeah, so Close enough I to- actually, my city would work actually very fantastic with an electric car. Oh. Um, there's charging stations at the big grocery store that's in town. Oh. At, like, all of their locations, they have charging stations. Um, there's charging stations randomly at other places. Um, Lots of places will just have an electric car parking, like right up at the front by the door. Interesting. Um, it's a small-ish city, so you're able to kind of get around within 30 minutes anywhere you need to go. So you're not, you know, driving long distances. The thing that kills it for me, though, is that living in the Midwest, like, you know, a lot of us do, I would be isolated within my city. Yeah, So you couldn't I drive. wouldn't be able to go on a weekend trip to the nearest city, which is almost you know, 250, 300 miles away. Right. Or I wouldn't be able to do it within a short time. Like, I'd have to stop at, you know, three different spots along the way or two different spots along the way and have, like, a dinner or, you know, mm-hmm. a 20-minute break. To be able to charge it long enough. Which would so. it be... I, I'm thinking maybe that's just our attitude that's going to have to change. Sure. That's just going to become part of road trips, if anything. Right. So, but for right now, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. Well, and and if you're going to go further than that, you know, if you're 
already traveling 500 miles to to have to stop 20 minutes every 200 miles it's gonna be yeah yeah that's gonna add quite a bit onto your yeah drive, so but you know for i would say i would say the majority of americans so uh right now they could easily use an extra car and for 90 percent of the driving any. sure i would say 99 percent mm. because i mean think of how like concentrated people are in big cities like chicago new york well then you just don't have a car um, the bay areas you know sure yeah and i'm interested to see that that these take off hopefully but um regardless um so the fourth thing that you need to make an electric car work is i thought we were done no it's the sequential (laughs) transmission um Ah. so it's interesting because they're manual transitions but there's only two gears. Well, three, if you count okay. reverse. So that was, I'm assuming it's because of the the way the electric motor functions. It doesn't have to go through all of the little stair steps up to, because, I mean, a semi, you have, what, 20 plus gears to get through just to get moving because it takes that much power per gear. So if you've already got all of the power available to you, I don't even know why you need too but apparently there's something there but yeah so the the transmission is significantly less complicated in that way so yeah that's so those are the four parts um that make the electric car the electric car now what you were talking about is all of the extra bells and whistles which is what i'm excited about yes and like a lot of cars already have an infotainment system that is basically what you're discussing, only it's not necessary for the running of all of the things in the car. Um, I know my current vehicle, it has um, an infotainment system and the computer died. Um, and so I had to get that replaced. And the big pain was that I had to go to a, a Ford dealership because there was some whatever built into it. That only Ford could do. Um, But I also went out and looked for the uh, piece of computer technology. Like, you could find them. You could go out and buy one. Um, But they were all the same price. It was all like an $800 computer because you're essentially putting a tablet in your car. And so, like, Tesla and I'm pretty sure all of them, like, just looking very briefly run on some form of essentially a computer um that's your dashboard and even some of the the starting components were like having a pin to start your car because it doesn't take a key anymore and stuff like that that's just kind of (laughs) things they have to think about because it's no longer the same physical components there i was always wanting all these like bells and gadgets and i was like my next car is going to get it. Then I ended up with just this basic, like, Nissan Versa that has no extras whatsoever. Oh. And it's just, I have manual windows. Oh, wow. They still manual make those? Manual car, manual locks on a 2015. That's, I did not know that still existed. Yeah. Huh. But, as my dad would say, there's less things to go wrong then. <laughs> but it's a lot less fun to drive. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Like I went on a this uh this family thing I was on 
over the weekend. I had to drive a long distance to get there, and I borrowed my mom's car. And her car has, you know, the not quite an infotainment, but it has a lot of bells and whistles like uh, lane assist. Oh, interesting. So, like, for about 15 seconds, the car will drive itself. Just to get you and back then, in, sure. And then if you don't have any sort of input on the wheel, then it beeps at you, and then it disables the lane assist. But if you just, like, hold your hand on the wheel, you could just feel the car steering itself, basically. So there's a lot less stress on your arms, you know, on long distance rides. And like the 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 cruise control will automatically like slow down and match speed with someone in front of you and Interesting. But yeah, it's all it's all stuff like that that I would I would love in a car, but Right. And so there's some of this that there's definitely the the price range situation as well. Because sometimes you yeah. need a bare bones machine that can just get you from point A to point B. And it's going to be a long time. And I'm thinking, too, like the secondhand market for electric cars might not be as um, possible just because of the way batteries work. Like currently, when you go to buy even like a phone, like the battery is the first thing to go. You know, like the rest of the phone will be fine unless you destroy the screen or something. Um, but in a normal functioning phone, the battery is what dies. So I'm thinking that you'll basically have to replace the battery and with the way they're being built in, I don't necessarily know that having a second hand electric car is going to be something that people will want, but we'll see how that all yeah. plays out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting, too, because, like, I talked about there's four basic things you need for a an electric car, but it takes a lot of programming to put it all together. And I'm sure that's true of regular cars anymore, too, because even the bare-bones systems have computers to be able to run the different pieces of it. There's a lot more that's happening that you don't realize, like... It's monitoring. Um, monitoring your tire pressure yeah. or... The O2 sensors and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. To make sure that your car's not going to die from overheating or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of those kind of things that already exist, even in the most bare bone features, partially because there's safety, whatever, enforced. Um, but yeah, so it's it, it'll be interesting to see how these progress. And I know that like the I only know a handful of people who have. A Tesla, but holy buckets, do they not stop talking about it? <laughs> Are they the new vegan CrossFitters? Maybe. <laughs> but like, if somebody buys a Tesla, that's all you hear about for at least a week. <laughs> I, it's justified, I think. Un that's okay. Understandable. I mean, and it's a huge changeover. So like that whole experience of like going from having you know, your normal, everybody knows how to get gas at a gas station situation to all of a sudden yeah. like, oh, and I found a new power place over on 15th Street that, you know, whatever. And it's just really, yeah, really interesting how this all works. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how this all progresses and hopefully someday I'll have my own Tesla. <laughs> someday. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're going to rely on our listeners to help us out a little yeah so just to keep the lights on here yeah. uh yeah so i'm looking at uh transferring over to squarespace 
And the only reason that's even a possibility is because we have some lovely Patreon donors. So if you like what you heard and you would like to help us out a little bit, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash service desk podcast. And we have a lovely little Discord community and some other random perks um, that you can get access to if you're a member, including stickers, because everybody loves stickers. <laughs> In the meantime, please rate and review us wherever you find us. Share. That's a, a big thing, too. Even if you can't afford to, to pay something, just uh... say, hey, this is a cool podcast. Because the word of mouth is how most podcasts grow, because there's a gajillion of them that exist now. That That's my very technical term. But if you would like to talk to us outside of any of that, you can reach us on uh, Twitter and Facebook by searching Service Desk Podcast. And then uh, if you would like to ask us a more specific question, you are welcome to send us an email to servicedeskpodcast at gmail.com. And that will create a ticket in our system. We will do our best to answer those tickets. As always, I'm Kim. I'm Andrew. And we, we are, are your techie, techie friends. friends.